morning, everyone. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88 right across Australia. You're with Renee and... Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. How are you this morning? I'm good, Renee. How are you? Well, I am. I'm not too bad. I did have a late night preparing for a sermon. Not too late. I would say 10 p.m. is quite late for me. I'm, yeah. I'm an old person. I sleep at... I sleep at early hours and I love it. I am not going to be judged for that. Um, Ryan, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for our body's ability to heal itself. Hey, okay. Uh, I feel like there's a story behind this. Yeah, well, a few days ago, I got a bit of a paper cut. Well, it was actually a metal cut, but it was just a shallow one. So it looks more like a paper cut. And every time I've been sanitizing my hands, being COVID friendly and COVID safe, uh, I've noticed that it just stings mm. and today uh, it doesn't sting. And it's just a reminder that our body has an incredible ability to heal mm-hmm. itself. Imagine imagine if it didn't, imagine if it wouldn't heal itself and you'd just be stuck with a stinging hand yeah. for the rest of your life. No, that would be terrible. No. And paper cuts are the worst. They're like the smallest wound you can get and they're, they're like, they, they're, they're just horrible. They're just the worst. Um, what am I grateful for? I am grateful. I'm. <laughs> can we be grateful for people? I have a specific person I'm yeah, very you can grateful, be grateful for. Yeah, grateful for people. Two people. I'm very grateful for Shell. <laughs> She's our producer. <laughs> She's lovely to work with. Um, and I'm grateful for Ryan. Ryan. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad that. Like, you know what I love? I love coming to work and not dreading it. Just being excited to come and be like, oh, I get to see my see my friends i get to hang out with my friends but also work with my friends so that's a lot of fun that's what i'm very grateful for oh that's Um, good yeah so we're here on this beautiful morning at the radio station we've got plenty coming up on the show um but before that right you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different What is happening in the world of positive news? Okay, well, I have another trip across the pond all the way over to America. Oh, okay. So, a staff staff member in Miami Juice Bar just got the shock of their lives when a customer left a $2,021 tip. Oh, wow. Yeah, they originally thought that there was a typo and the the comma or the decimal place was supposed to be after the 20. So, Mm -hmm. it was $20.21. Uh, but it turns out this was just a person who was really grateful for the service that they've been that the the juice bar was providing in yeah. Miami, and it was just a really good positive news story because yeah. after all of this COVID and all these restaurants, especially getting hit really hard, yeah, um, it's just something nice that people really do appreciate mm. the, those. Uh, restaurants that they go to often or the places where they travel to often and they're willing to support the the workers who work there so mm-hmm. the staff of the store they they all split the split the um the, the yeah the tip yeah. between them all and yeah it was just a really i thought that was a really positive news i think so yeah super generous and what a lovely surprise to come back to mm. well i've got some more positive news 2020 is a year that we're not really going to want to remember for the right reasons, I think, in some respects. Mm. But in others, there were animals discovered in 2020 that we had previously not even heard of. So, there's a new species of primate we have. Now, Renee, you're going to get a kick out of this. There's a lot of scientific names. I'm going to be trying to (laughs) pronounce them. So, you're going to have to apologize if you know Latin or you can speak Latin better than I can. Um, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) Just do your best, yeah. So, Trachea pithisca, Mm -hmm. uh, Popper... 
So these were, this is a small like primate. It looks kind of like a monkey. Mm. Um, they were discovered and they only have 260 individuals in their, in their species, in their population. So mm. they were thought to be, um, you know, in, endangered or critically endangered. Yet as sad as that is, these the beautiful little animals have long wispy gray fur and a, char- and a charismatic face that will undoubtedly have no problem generating conservation interest. These mm. guys are cute little monkeys that have just been discovered in 2020. Hey. Um, another thing that has been discovered in 2020 was a little mouse. Um, <laughs> yes, a little, a ma- little mouse leader that had eluded us until 2020. Uh, Microbius joanii. Or Jonah's mouse lemur is the is bigger than any others in its family, averaging the size of a human fist. Smaller mouse lemurs can even be as small as the palm of your hand. So these are sporting reddish brown fur with a white striped uh, down its nose. Jonah's mouse lemur is thought to only live in the dry lowland forests of northeast Madagascar. Manara Nord National Park. So these are very cute little yeah. mouse lemurs that were discovered as well. Mm. Uh, we've got some other other species that were discovered in uh, 2020 mm-hmm. in the southern deserts of Nambia. Tigan python uh, carasens, an evergreen shrub in the same order as broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and kale. Wow. Yeah. These, uh, the, so, brassicales was found to be unique enough to be in its, uh, to be in its own family. So... It actually, yeah, Tigan uh, Pytasia, uh, Pytasi, that's its own family. And so, this, this thrives where other plants die. Mm. Um, it lives in salt pans uh, in incredible heat mm. and fewer than 100,000 of these individuals are known to exist. Wow. Yeah, so pretty cool uh, down in Nambia there. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, in a much colder climate, six new mushrooms were identified, one of them... Uh, one of which was designated as uh, Corintaris. I'm telling you, <laughs> Hetari. You did after great. Heathrow You're Airport. Imagine having a a, a a mushroom named after an airport. Well, this this one is um, oh, where it was. Gotta love mushies. <laughs> mm, discovered next to a nearby river beyond the confines of the runway. So it was discovered next to the airport. They named it after the oh, airport. Classic. Yes. Um, <laughs> And three of the other mushrooms were found in Scotland, all belonging to the family of Corinteris, which uh, facilitates the growth of health of pines and oaks in the forest. So, did you hey, know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, in, uh, in the animal kingdom and in the plant kingdom and the fungi kingdom, there mm-hmm. are, you know, symbiotic relationships where these animals, plants and, and fungi happen to just produce nutrients mm-hmm. for for each other and they all help each other out and these these fungi happen to do that for oak and a few pines it's very cool yeah so um we've got some more news yeah let's hear it i wonder what's what there's a new startup that's happening to tackle the immensely small but intolerably ignored problem of chopstick waste okay yeah. all right so chop value um which is a four-year-old startup 
employs 40 people and uses his special methods of steam press machines and he's recycled 32 million pairs of chopsticks. Mm. So this is a guy who's made a business and he's set up bins in other people and in restaurants and he's got them to specifically discard their chopstick waste into mm-hmm. these special bins and then he gets them, he puts them in, uh, pours them in resin and coats them in blocks and then he makes all sorts of furniture and household items out of it. Wow. And I thought this was really interesting because every year there is 80 billion chopsticks discarded in China. Woo. Right? And yeah. so this is this is in Vancouver. This is, um, sorry, in Canada. And yes. there's 100,000. He does about 100,000 or so. Um, I think, yeah, 100,000 100, chopsticks a day or something discarded mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. there. Um, but eighty billion in China—that's mm-hmm. uh, that's a potential potential furniture just being thrown away there. Exactly. So I thought that was some really cool news. I love that they're being super smart with um, their waste, and we're saving the planet in the process. That's always a win, and that's always positive news. So thanks so much, Ryan, for sharing that. Also, with the cool animals that were discovered this year, definitely something really awesome. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so there has been the um, firefighters who have contained a blaze which has destroyed 14,000 hectares, which threatened the town of Lucendale in South Australia. Luckily, the fire has been contained, so that is good news. Um, However, it has destroyed a lot of land, um... And the country fire service that said that 200 firefighters supported by aerial bombers brought the fire under control on Tuesday afternoon. A community meeting was held at 6 p.m. by the CFS in the Lucendale Community Hall, where about 100 people sought refuge on Monday. Roads remained closed and the firegrounds as farmers with properties in the path of the blade, blaze assessed damage and shoot um, injured wild uh, injured livestock. So, uh, more than 3,000 people in the area have remained without power, while at least one home, an old school, and a vacant store has been damaged or destroyed. Um, not only that, large numbers of sheep and cattle have been killed or injured, while uh, hundreds of kilometers of fencing has been destroyed. And so, the South Australian police are in the process of investigating how this fire started in extreme heat at lunchtime on Monday in the Mount Scott Conservation Park, East of Kings- Kingston, southeast, uh, before being pushed by strong northwesterly winds towards Lucendale and Narakorti. I don't know how to say it. I'm so sorry if I butchered that name. Australia's recently has, you know, experienced bushfires in the last few years. Um, and we know many people have been affected by it and how scary it can be when you know a fire is nearby and you feel trapped and you don't know where to go. Um, and not only that, people whose damage, whose properties have been damaged, um, farmers whose livestock, that's their trade, that's what they do for a living, they've lost so much. And so I can imagine the stress that has that these people have been going through. But mm. thankfully, um, not too much damage has yeah. been done. And our prayers are with those in South Australia who have been affected. Absolutely. And not only that, with the people who are helping, who are volunteering their time, their energy, who are lacking sleep to help out these communities. Um, so... Um, yeah, that's happening in South Australia. Mm, let's have a look. 
Yes. Yeah. All right. So moving on, um, I don't know if you heard about this one, but the World Health Organization, um, they've been planning to go to China to just like, uh, what do you call it? Like investigate the origin of coronavirus and that um, people are still following up on that story. So experts from the World Health Organization will soon arrive in China for the long anticipated investigation into the origins of the pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic. So this has been delayed quite a few times, but they will finally arrive on Thursday and meet with Chinese counterparts. China's National Health Commission um, said in a sentence, they said that that basically that's that's all the information that has been given. Um, It's not clear whether the experts will be traveling to the central Chinese city of Wuhan, where coronavirus was first detected in late 2019. Um, but this is, this is good. I guess this isn't, this is just to investigate the beginnings of it. What, what can we Mm. do if there's anything more that we can do to stop this, to avoid it in the future? Um, that's, that's what's happening in the world today. In more news, I did share earlier on this week that Spain had experienced such a heavy, heavy blizzard that has caused, um, some people to to die as well as many people to be trapped um and this is on top of a pandemic occurring so with roads blocked blocked and trains cancelled healthcare staff have been it's been hard for people to get to work in fact many people have been trapped at home as well and so many healthcare staff have decided to make the trip to work on foot now that might be like, oh, okay, that's pretty, that's fine. But in a blizzard, uh, that's a whole nother story. Healthcare workers in Madrid have gone to extreme lengths, some walking for hours to relieve their exhausted colleagues as Spain grapples with the double whammy of a deadly storm and a coronavirus pandemic. Um, Storm Philomena, hit Spain on Friday, blanketing large parts of the country snow and bringing Madrid to a standstill as the city experienced its heavy snowfall in 50 years. So across the country, the storm claimed at least four lives, affected 12,000, let me put that in kilometers, sorry, 20,000 kilometers of roads and left thousands trapped in their cars for many as to 12 hours without food or water. So in Madrid's hospitals, the alleged the, now in Madrid's hospitals, right? They're already stretched with a coronavirus caseloads that rank among the highest in the country in Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, and weary staff have scra- have scrambled to cope with this. Healthcare workers doubled their and tripled their shifts to cover for colleagues who were unable to make it in, while one hospital turned its gym into a makeshift dormitory for workers who could not get home. Um, there is a nurse, his name is Raul Alcojo. He walked 14 kilometers to make it to his shift at the hospital on the outskirts of the city. And he says in the article, morally, I couldn't stay home. He said, citing that colleagues had been working for more than 24 hours. So that this trip, this 14 kilometer trip took him two hours and 28 minutes complicated by the many fallen trees and snow that sometimes was 40 centimeters deep. He told himself, just go for it. And if he gets there, he's there. If he doesn't make it, he'll turn around you can imagine the the danger that Mm. this walk this simple walk but in a blizzard um 
it wasn't a blizzard when he was walking, but I mean, it was very cold. It'd be very wet, dangerous. Who knows what's out there? So um, yeah, 40 centimeters worth of snow. You'd want a good pair of snowshoes. Exactly. Yes. Others had the same idea like him. Um, they, some, a nurse shared her story, how she made the 20 kilometer journey from her hospital on a foot. Um, and it showed, uh, there's videos actually showing two nurses work, walking 22 kilometers on uh, to Madrid's hospital. So there are many, you know, although their co-workers are, <clears throat> sorry, out there working these very long hours, being overworked with so many patients coming in, um, just the stories of their colleagues coming together and saying, you know what, I know you're tired and it's really hard for me to get there, but I'm still going to make the sacrifice. I'm trying to, you know, to, to help out in this. So um, Spain's healthcare workers have been working very hard. And so we, we just, we pray, we're praying, praying for them as they, you know, battle the virus, but also this blizzard. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. I believe we are going to ask David Hapt if he has a scripture to share for us about this particular topic. Oh, before we go into that, um, for those who don't know, this is a continuation of a few interviews we've had here on the show where David has been talking about abusive relationships between men and women and and how um, men have been uh, abusers and what leaves women to stay in that abusive relationship and how that affects the children. But now we're going to move on to a less known, uh, harder to discuss topic, which is men being the ones abused. And so, yeah, David, you have a scripture verse for us. I want to jump in uh, with scripture, yes. And um, this, I think this is going to blow your minds. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, now we, the more well known passage in Ephesians 5 is. The dreaded uh, part where Paul writes to women and says, "Wives, submit to your own husbands." Um, I was doing a, a a premarital session and asked a couple what text they'd like me to preach on, and very quickly the young bride said, "You can p- preach on anything except that one mm. that says." You know, wife submit. Well, that's not the one. Verse 33, listen to what it says. Let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, talking to the men. And then he says, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. The Greek word that's translated here as respect in the, in the Greek language is the word phobeo, where the English word phobia comes from. Mm, That's interesting. So Paul is warning the Christian wife to fear her husband. Is that it? Mm. We're talking today about the topic that is very little spoken about, and that is abuse in a family relationship, in an intimate relationship, especially where the wife is the abuser or the female partner is the abuser. Mm. Uh, for decades, we have spoken about the uh, the male as the abuser. And yes, by far, we, we know that men are predominantly the aggressor in relationships. More uh, women die at the hand, in an intimate relationship, at the hand of her partner, her female, uh, a male partner. And um, so, 
as I sometimes go around and I do talks in uh, in the community and in churches, in one particular occasion, I was asked to talk about domestic violence and in particular the male uh, on the female violence. And a husband jumped out and walked past me angry and he just screamed back into the hall. He said, what about women abusing their husbands? A very small percentage, less violent. In other words, we find less deaths, but far more um, psychological abuse that takes place. And this Mm. brings me to this text because this text in reality says, uh, gives a warning to wives and says, wives, be careful that in the dealing with your husbands, God has given women such power, Renee, Mm. that by using of a few short sentences, she can in actual fact cut up her husband. Now, we're talking about psychological abuse, right? But when we come to physical abuse, does that happen? Men are normally built much stronger. What is very interesting is that we see more and more cases, and especially with COVID-19 that came in isolation, more reporting happened of women that actually physically abuse their husbands. Wow. Interesting. Um, the sad part in this is that women has the capability of very quickly using the, the current thinking paradigm that men are the, the abuser to manipulate the situation so that the husband then is removed. She's abused him physically, but the Uh, The husband is removed from the home and he is charged because the wife says, I feel threatened by his presence in the home. So the police immediately steps in and removes the husband. AVO is taken out against him. Hmm. There, There is another area and that is where boys, young boys are sexually abused. Very small, a small minority uh, where small boys are abused by females. Or, or young men abused by, by older women. And uh, when that is reported, the, the way in which um, often the authorities, predominantly males, would respond and say, isn't that what the male dreams are made out of? Why do you complain? Hmm. So we find a tendency that men tend to not report because of the shame associated with this. And what is very interesting is that in Ephesians 5, the link with the word respect and shame works hand in hand. I have been trained as a soldier before I became a minister and a therapist, and I was in active combat, and I've experienced men, bulky, strong soldiers that are able to hold their own against other men, Mm. being reduced to nothing after just a few cutting sentences from their spouse. So Paul comes here and speaks to the Christian family, and he gives a very clear instruction to the husband to love his wife 
as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? To the point of death. He, he served the church to the point of death. He gave himself, right? That is the standard that God played. God never asked a wife to, to love to that extent. But what is more difficult and very much associated with this topic is that Paul says, be careful in the way that you deal with your husband, you stand a chance of destroying him. Mm. And this is where the word respect comes in. Over 8,000 men were asked the question, would you prefer that your wife loves you but not respect you? Or would you prefer that your wife not respect you but love you? Which one did he choose? The majority choose. Over 80% of men chose that they would prefer that their wives do not love them, although respecting them. Hmm. Which indicates that the way that a male understands that his wife loves him is when she speaks respect and shows respect into him. Hmm. We, we joke around with this word, wives submit, and we do not understand what this, really, this word means because the word in the Greek language comes from a military context where a person, a soldier, is asked to volunteer, to submit himself under a leader in order to reach the end goal together. And that is what happens, should happen in a marriage. We jokingly refer to the wife being the neck and the husband being the head. The wife has the ability to turn him whichever way she wants the head to go. But in doing so, Paul says, be careful. You have a great chance of destroying him. Now, in all of this, um, as I said, it is primarily underreported. It is also under-resourced. There's a huge lack of research because men do not have the vocabulary to articulate what is happening with them when abuse takes a place in the home. Because the wife says, you made me do it. Hang on. Can I, can anyone else make me angry? What do you guys feel? Uh, I, my first thought is, it's your choice. I, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know how to answer. I mm. feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, if someone does something to you, you might feel angry. Yeah. But your reaction is, is ultimately your choice and the consequences do fall on you. My late mother-in-law, when she was still alive, let's use this as an illustration. Uh, she lives 15,000 kilometers away from us. She rings up once a week. And my, uh, my wife and I have a bit of a tense moment, you know, where there is a bit of uh, stress between us. And uh, uh, at that moment, her phone rings. She sees it's a mum. She grabs the phone and she says, hello, mum. How are you? No, I'm, I'm well. No, David is well as well. No, we're doing well. Is she lying or has she just made a choice? Oh. She's just made a choice. Mm. And that is, that is exactly where no one else can make us angry. We actually choose to respond aggressively and angry 
upon what the other person has posed towards us. Gotcha. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of an insight there. So you're saying that uh, we can choose how we react. We can choose how we react, yes. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. I guess, I, I know, I, there's so much I want to talk about in this topic. And it's just really making me reflect here. But, you know, seeing that we have about a few more minutes left, um, I guess, what would you, what would you want to say to to people who are, to men who are experiencing abuse and don't know what to do? I'm, I'm so glad that you're asking me that question. Mm. Because number one, when a spouse is abusive towards you as a male, her behavior is saying much more about where she is at in her life than what she says about him. Mm. So one of the the challenge that we have in our psychological makeup is that we derive our value from the behavior of other people around us, especially those that are closest to us. Mm. And and we become vulnerable. In other words, we leave our our boundaries open so that the behavior of another one, especially the ones closest to us, becomes reflective of our identity and our worth and value. Yeah. And that is a distortion because they are purely reflecting their own behavior. The important thing for men is to speak and to search for help. Okay. Talk to someone. About it. Talk about your feelings and, and measure your worth and value, not against the partner's behavior, but in reality what God has, has, has spoken about them. Hmm. And so what you're saying is to, to seek for help, talk about it, open up, um, and you, you can find that kind of support in your church, at, you know, wherever you can get counseling, therapy. But thank you so much, David, for joining us to talk about this really, really important topic that I think is so important for our men. Um, we're going to continue with the show. This is Heartbound by Women of God. Of 
Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30 a.m. You can find us at 107-109 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Centre. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon and stay tuned to Face FM. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul? To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this that calls the Lord of bliss? To bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown, Christ laid aside His crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside His crown for my soul. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing and joyful be. And through eternity, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And through eternity, I'll sing on. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of this to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul? To bear the dreadful curse. For my soul